Now there are, I can see a few spare seats in here. Can you put your hand up if there's a spare seat near you? So yeah, we've got quite a few spare seats. So if any folk from down in the foyer want to join us in here, you feel very welcome to do that. Um, but no, they look to be actually... It's all right, I can't play drums. <laughs> Let alone play drums while I'm playing a guitar while I'm singing. And I can't sing either. So just as well, I'm just only speaking. Okay. All right. Um, great to see so many people here. I have met a number of new folk this morning, and it's lovely to see you. We've got two couples here from Scotland. Give them a clap. Anyone from further away than Scotland this morning? No. You guys win. There's not a prize, but you win. Two couples. Lovely to see you both. And we hope you feel really at home here and welcomed, and um, that you get to experience the heart of God in this place. That's our big thing, isn't it? We want people to experience the heart of God. We want to experience the heart of God. And thank you, uh, Band, for just drawing us into that prophetic declaration. But you see, it's more than a declaration. I was thinking as we were singing, yeah, we need to step into the fire. We need to step into the rain. We need to step into the new thing. So it's prophetic, but it's action as well. And God is drawn to our hearts as they call out to him. So let's be calling out to him. I, I love the fact that uh, I was thinking about New Year's resolutions and um, all the prophecies. There's so many of them for 2023. Um, and, but I'm thinking of Glenn's word that he brought, the one word that God gave him that will be developed throughout the year, resurgence. And I haven't got the whole definition here of what he was talking about, but the one I remember because I've been to the resurgence of the Rewalka is where the, the water that's been underground for so long surfaces again. And it's fresh and it's clean and it's strong and it's freezing cold. Um, but it's this move of God. This is what God wants to do, not only in this place, but across the nation and around this planet. I mean, watch the news. We need it. And uh, so resurgence. But I'm not talking about that this morning. And I don't have to be prophetic to prophesy um, or to speak about what I want to speak about today, what I felt God laid on my heart. And, um, oops, so <clears throat> and it's this. You will face challenges in your relationships somewhere in 2023, okay? When you live as long as I have, you see there's certain themes that come up every year and they just don't stop. And, um, but Jesus spoke a lot about relationships a great deal about it. So I can tell you that you'll have opportunities to take offense this year. <laughs> People are going to disappoint you this year because you might disappoint them too. Actually, I should put this on so I know when I started. Um, People get ticked off because you don't meet their expectations, even if they never told you what their expectations were. Some people are going to misunderstand you. And in 2023, it's everyone around you is not going to like you. Yeah, and some of them live in your own house. 
Have you already experienced that? It sounds like it. It's kind of a knowing kind of laugh there. So welcome to 2023, or any other year it's called life. But it's full of opportunities. You see, you get opportunities to love beyond reason. We get opportunities to keep our love on, as Danny Silk says. I want to say welcome to opportunities to grow as a Christ follower. Welcome to opportunities to experience the love of God when your love has run out, the love of God flowing through you and ministering to others. And welcome to opportunities to make an enemy a friend. And you say, I don't have any enemies. We'll see. Maybe yes, maybe no. Just keep listening. You know, whatever our age or gender or race or anything else to be totally inclusive this morning, um, there are four basic ways that we handle relationship problems. And the first one of those, we could start that PowerPoint, is freeze. You know, someone annoys you, cold shoulder, don't talk to them for a length of time, go and sulk, don't engage with them. The second one is to flee. And I know people that have done this. They just sick of this relationship, it's not going to talk to you anymore, cut you off, and they're off to find a new relationship and start again. People do that. The other one is to fight. Put your armor on. Did I hear a yes from you, Becca? <laughs> Put your armor on, grab your weapons, and be ready to fight because you know that you're right, always, always. Where's Aidan? Is he, is he even still alive? The fourth one, are you listening, Becca? Is to forgive. To go to Jesus first, have a little conversation with him about what's going on, and find the grace to forgive, the grace to reach out, the grace to keep your love on, to love beyond reason. And sometimes some of us have done one, two, and three before we even think about four. But we're Christians. We always start with four? Maybe not. It's not as easy as it sounds. Okay, kids, we're going to tell you a story now, and this is going to help you. So any kids that want to come a bit closer, I'm not scary, honestly. You can sit on the edge of the stage, or you can stay with your mum and dad if you feel more comfortable there. Oh, yay. You're always my friend. Come up here. Come higher, my friend. Okay, who is going to come and join this beautiful girl? Oh, look, there we have someone to keep you company. Come on, dribble up, dribble up, dribble up. Okay, you see, you don't even need to look at me, or if you don't like them out there, you can turn around and you can look this way. Whichever's less scary. That might not be such a good thing to say. All right, I want to tell you a story about Zach and Kelly. All right, Zach and Kelly. Now, Zach is about nine years old, and Kelly is five. And one morning in their house, they were really puzzled by the Bible verse that was their verse of the day. And that verse said this, If your enemy is hungry, 
feed him. Zach thought about that for a moment and then he said, that sounds like a dumb thing to do. Why would you feed an enemy? Everyone looked over to Dad, who was just about to walk out the door to go to work. Well, we're supposed to because God says so. Bye. And he was out the door. No more discussion on that one at the moment. Our mum was hurrying Zach and Kelly to get ready for school drop-off. So there was no more discussion. But really, Zach wasn't keen to go to school. He hadn't been happy at school for a while now, not since Lucas came to the school. Lucas was a bully. And Lucas was in Zach's class. Now, Zach managed to avoid him as much as he could in the playground because he was scared of him. And what Lucas would do whenever he saw Zach or walked past him, he would poke him. Later that week, when Zach was back home with his family, he was looking really grumpy. So mum asked him what was going on. And he told her, he said, Lucas is mean to me at school every day. Whenever he walks past where I'm working, he just jabs me and pokes me. And, and when the teacher's not looking, and he does it again and again, and one of these days I'm going to jab him back real hard. Mum was very concerned. How long has this been going on, she asked. Since he came to our school this term, grumbled Zach. Mum looked over at Dad and then said she would go to school the next day and see the teacher. She would actually maybe even see the principal. But secretly, she wanted to jab Lucas herself. <gasps> you ever felt like that, Mum and Dad? Yeah. Zach's sister Kelly had been sitting at the table quietly listening and thinking. And then she said, remember that verse we read the other day, the one about feeding your enemy? Maybe Zach should feed his enemy like God says to do. Mum and Zach looked across at Kelly, and even Dad put his phone down, and they realised that Kelly was thinking of Lucas as being Zach's enemy. So, feed him. Mum and Dad and Zach weren't very sure about this enemy thing. Could an enemy be at school? So Dad picked up his phone and Googled, enemy. And this came up. One who opposes another. One who is very unfriendly. One who harms another. Hmm, maybe an enemy could be in Zach's class. Well, said Dad, if there is an enemy in Zach's class and God says to feed your enemy, maybe that's what you should do. Mum thought for a moment and said, well, if you're going to feed your enemy, you better know what they like to eat. What does he like to eat? Zach thought for a moment. Jelly beans. Lucas loves jelly beans. 
So even though it seemed like a waste of pocket money to feed good jelly beans to your enemy, Zach jumped on his scooter, went off down to the dairy and bought a big bag of jelly beans for Lucas the bully. He would prove whether or not enemy feeding worked. <laughs> Next time Lucas jabbed him, Zach would turn around and smile and give him a bag of jelly beans. Well, it didn't take long, but next morning the family read the Bible verse for the day and it was this one. You have heard it said, hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And again, it was Kelly who asked, does persecute mean poke? Mm, said mum, I think it could. So on the way to school in the car, they prayed. Mum prayed that Jesus would help Zach to love Lucas. And Lucas prayed that, uh, Zach prayed that Lucas would find some friends and be happy. Well, the day passed quickly and soon it was time for mum to go back for the school pickup. And guess what? Zach came running across to the car. Mum, it worked. It worked. Zach poked me and I turned around and I smiled and I gave him the bag of jelly beans and he, he didn't say anything. But he didn't poke me for the rest of the day. He was so excited. Well, it wasn't long before Zach and Lucas became good friends. They hung out in the playground and then began to play together in their homes as well. And Zach invited Lucas to come along to the kids' program, and there he met a whole bunch of friends, and he loved that too. And the next week, Zach's mum made a chocolate cake and took it to Lucas's mum and found out that she was very sad. What had happened was they just moved to the new town and she didn't have any friends. And then she told Lucas's mum, Zach's mum, oh, that Lucas had been really angry because his dad wasn't living with them anymore. But that since Zach had been nice to him, he had started to get a whole lot happier. And the next week, mum invited Lucas's mum along to the girl time dessert evening and she met more friends and before long a whole lot of people's lives were changed because of a bible verse a smile and a bag of jelly beans make an enemy a friend okay kids you listen so well even those of you who didn't come down the front I want you to go down to the back now actually Abby the other bag is in my bag you'll need those too if you head down with Abby down to the back She's going to give you two, just listen to this first, two little bags of jelly beans. One bag is for you to eat. Mum and Dad, there's only four in there. I thought about this. And the other bag is for you to give somebody who is a bit grumpy, a bit sad, or they annoy you. But not here in church, because there wouldn't be any of those people. Okay? So you go off down the back, and as they do that, I'm just going to ask the ushers to, to give out communion um, little things to everybody and uh, we'll probably have to have a lesson on how to open these for the new people shortly but just hold them for now because I just want to finish talking to you very quickly you know Jesus knew what it was like to love difficult people when you think about it he had the same 12 difficult people in his world for three years. I mean, these were guys 
guys who who fought with one another. Guys who fought with one another, guys who were judgmental, guys who were jealous, guys who got angry. I mean, one of those guys got so angry, sliced off, sliced off someone's ear. Guys who were fearful, they all ran away and left Jesus. These guys who misunderstood Jesus, who disappointed him, many had lots of opportunities to show us how to handle difficult relationships. He didn't freeze them out and refuse to talk to them. He could have done the flee thing. He could have thought, you lot, it's too hard. I'm going to go find a new bunch and start again. He didn't fight with them. But he forgave repeatedly. And in that forgiving, he showed love beyond reason unreasonable love. We call it unconditional, but unreasonable is another way to think about it. You see, Jesus was able to measure their potential, not their current behavior. He was able to see their destiny and what God had for them. So he kept that in mind. And sure, he had some tough conversations. You can read those. He had those tough conversations, but he called them up to be who they were really meant to be. Did I just see someone give mum a bag of jelly beans? Oh, that's all right then. So despite everything, and despite even the one sitting around the table for that last time who was within an hour going to betray Jesus, John 13.1 says this. It's coming up. It says, he loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. No, love doesn't stop. It doesn't run out. Love them to the very end. Or another version said, he showed them the full extent of his love. And you say, yeah, but he was Jesus. Okay, here's somebody who's not Jesus. Let's watch this. A couple of minutes. Um, I'll just in intro it. Corrie ten Boom. Briefly, when World War II broke out, Corrie and her family were living in Harlem in Holland. It's about 30 minutes drive from Amsterdam. And they were devout Christians, and they committed themselves to helping the Jews. And over a period of time, about 800 Jews were hidden in the secret rooms of their house above their clock shop before being taken to safe locations. But there was a high price to pay for the Ten Boom family because somebody betrayed them. They were hauled off to concentration camps where both her father and her sister died. And Corrie was released through a clerical error. And then she began her journey of forgiveness. Quite a journey. Because there's lots of little ears in here, I'm not going to mention anything about the concentration camps, but you will know. And so it, this became, forgiveness became her life message, and she travelled around the world sharing this message, travelled everywhere except Germany, until one day she received an invitation to speak at a church in Berlin. We'll let her continue on.
It was some time ago that I was in Berlin. And there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel aufseers in concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian, I have found the Lord Jesus. I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done. But then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom, will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. Then I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5, 5. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. powerful, powerful message. If you read her book, you'll realize that, you know, without him, we can't forgive. But I thought the other half of the sentence is, with him, we have no excuse not to forgive. God's love is stronger than any hatred and unforgiveness. And I have no idea or any, well, I have some idea for some of you, but I've forgotten it. Um, but no idea what many of you might have gone through last year or previously. But what we don't want to do is carry over unforgiveness or resentment or bitterness into 2023. We're going to have new opportunities, okay? There'll be more opportunities. So we don't want to, we don't want to do that at all. So as we come around the communion table and the band come up, we come around this table with Jesus where he showed the full extent of his love, where we can then draw on his love because ours runs out and know that power of the love of God that flows through us, poured in by the Holy Spirit so that we too can love to the nth degree, so that we can love beyond reason. It sounds impossible but it's possible with him. So if you've been able to open your little communion thing, if you haven't, um, we do have some helpers who can help you with that. Um, maybe just turn around and check if people behind you or near you 
have been able to open theirs. There are two little layers to peel off. The first layer, you'll find a little wafer. And we're going to take communion together. So when you've managed to open it, would you like to stand, please? You know, Jesus is saying to each one of us, remember me in 2023. Remember me. Remember what I've done for you. And then go and do the same. Forgive. Love beyond reason. So Jesus, as we come before you and with you here today, we so sense your presence And we are so incredibly grateful for what you have done for us. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the one who pours the love of God into our hearts. Would you do that over and over and over so that we love like Jesus loved? So that we don't freeze people out, we don't flee from them, we don't fight them but we forgive and we grow and they grow. We receive, as we take this communion, we receive the very essence of Jesus in a sense to be like him, to be strengthened again. So just now take that wafer and that drink. And if Holy Spirit is showing you anyone who you need to forgive, then that's your homework. And just as we, we close off, I had this, um, this sense that there are, are people that people that are feeling vulnerable because either there's been a a move, geographical move, or you've had the loss of loved ones that significantly hit you, or people that just are not there in your world anymore. That sense of vulnerability, I just had the sense of the little birds in the nest and the, the mother's not there anymore and they're so vulnerable. And Father just wants to minister to you today a new sense of his protection and his presence. So if that's you, just put your hand on your heart. Now it says in Psalm 91 that he will cover us with his feathers and shelter us with his wings. Now God doesn't have wings and feathers. It is a word picture of the comfort that he brings. So Father, I pray for these ones who have started this year feeling vulnerable. And I ask that you would come in your strength and your comfort and reveal to these ones who you want to be for them. 
so that there's breakthrough, so that there's freedom, so that there's hope. Thank you, Father. We receive that. Thank you, Lord. Amen.